It's good to be with you today. We're continuing in our series called Unplugged. And uh, in the series, we've been looking into our relationship with technology. And this is an important topic for us as a church because uh, technology, it's saturated our world, it's saturated our culture, it's really saturated our lives. And guess what? God cares about your life. And he cares about this culture, he cares about this world. And so it's important for us to talk about this as a church. And if you're with us last week, uh, you heard a great message from Pastor Chris about sometimes how technology can become a pitfall. And there's times where we need to opt out of, of this, what this technological world has to offer because it's not good for us. And so this week, instead of just talking about opting out, we're taking the next step and we're moving beyond just opting out of things that might be bad. And what's the next step? How can we opt in to what might be good for us? And this is what I want to start out by saying today, is that when you opt out of something that's bad, it's best to opt into something better. When you opt out of something that's bad, the next step that you need to take is to opt into something else that is better. So for me, in my house, when I kind of get hungry, I, I tend to turn to my favorite cavity catalyst, otherwise known as Sour Patch Kids. Does anyone like Sour Patch Kids? These things are amazing. If you've never heard of Sour Patch Kids, you need serious help. Okay, this stuff is so good. And, and for me, if I don't make a healthier choice when I get a little hungry, if I don't, you know, I don't know, carrot sticks or something gross like that. If I, if I don't make a healthier choice, then I'm telling you, there's going to be a choir of little sugary guys singing my name from the pantry. You know exactly what I'm talking about with your potato chips, with your chocolate or whatever your snack food is. And, and, and the truth is that we need to opt out when we opt out of something that's maybe not good for your teeth or maybe not good for your health, or maybe just not good for you. It's best to opt into something else that's better. Some of you, you were hooked on cigarettes at one point, and now you're hooked on running, and you're making up for lost time, right? And, and uh, maybe some of you, you were in a relationship, or you had this group of people that you were friends with, and they really just tended to bring out the worst in you. And when you opted out of that relationship, you know the thing that kept you from going back to that person or back to that group of people is because you opted into another group of people that brought out the best in you. And so it's important for all of us that when we opt out, that we take the next step and we opt in to something better. And now this is something that I think is really important for Christians to talk about um, because Christians, we, we tend to do a pretty good job at the opting out piece, but sometimes it's really difficult for Christians to take the next, the next step. I think, I think for Christians in particular, because Christians, Christians we, we want to make sure that we're not worldly. We want to make sure that we live holy lives that are set apart. We want to make sure that we live a life that honors God. And, and we, we have all these scriptures that, that say things like this. Check out these scriptures. You, you might have heard this before. Do not be conformed to this what? Help me out. World. But be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Or, or look at this one. Uh, in in uh, Colossians it says, set your mind on things that are above, not things that are on things that are on earth. Or this one really gets at it. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. So there it is. It's in our scriptures. Don't be worldly, right? But some of us, we, we grew up in, in a church, or maybe you had a pastor at one point, or this is the way it was in your family, that, that uh, when, when you heard verses like this, and, and you heard a pastor talking like this, like, you wonder, why is our Bible so thick? 
I mean, Christians, they're all about opting out. We should just have a three-by-five note card. It just should say, no, don't do worldly stuff. How many beverages can I have? Negative three. What kind of clothes can I wear? Baggy burlap sacks. How much money can I make? Enough to give to the church. And no more. <laughs> and, and there's so much that's wrong with that. What kind of iPad apps can I use? Is Snapchat okay? How much time can I spend with this technology? And, and, and in our world, in our technological world, there's so many things that it's not black and white. And Christians tend to opt out without ever taking the next step to opt in. To opt in. And if you're a Christian and you're here today and you're like, man, I just want to live a, a life that's honoring to God... If you want to be set apart from the world, you want to live a life that reflects Jesus, this is something that you need to know. You, you, can't, you can't be set apart from the world and just simply avoid the world. If you want to be set apart, that doesn't mean that you just play some avoidance game. That doesn't mean that you just avoid all these worldly things and then your Christian life will be okay. And, and then you'll be holy. Then you'll be acceptable to God. Then you'll be influential in the world. No, 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 no. no, no. That, that, that's only half of the game. It's only half of it. The first half is to opt out of things that are hurtful and not helpful. But it's important that we take the next step. That we don't just have our no cards. But we look at the whole uh, range of what God says throughout his word. And one of the things that I want to point us to today is we open up the scriptures to talk about this and talk about this idea that if we want to be set apart from the world, you, you can't just simply avoid the world. It's this prayer that Jesus prays in, in John chapter 17. And we're, we're going to dive into that together. And if you uh, have a Bible, I want to have you open up to John 17. If you don't have a Bible, we have the analog version back there uh, on the tables. You can grab one now or grab one on your way out. We're going to be talking about the digital version in, in a little bit here. So, uh, be prepared for that. But we're going to get into John 17. I want to show you this prayer that Jesus prayed because I think that it's really helpful for how we understand how we relate in this technological world. Because Christians are not supposed to be worldly. But you can't be set apart from the world by simply avoiding it. So look at what Jesus prays. This is what he prays in John 17. He, he, says, he says this. He says, Holy Father, praying to his Father in heaven, keep them, being his disciples, in your name. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. Now, this little phrase, in your name, this is really important. This is really important. In your name means, Holy Father, will you keep my disciples in your character? Will you keep my disciples in your personhood, in your message, in your very identity. So for me, I'm a, I'm a Brannon. I'm Nick Brannon. That's my name. And I'm a Brannon by the way that I live my life, and I'm a Brannon by birth. Uh, Brannons, they put ketchup on everything. <laughs> what do I do? I put ketchup on everything. That's a, part of, that's a part of my identity. I mean, the ketchup isn't like the value of my identity. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. I'm a Brannon. That's who I am. And, and Brannon, like if, if dad's walking next to me, I'm a Brannon if he's there, and I'm a Brannon if he's not walking next to me. I'm a Brannon when I'm living in his house and when I'm not living in his house. I am a Brannon. And Jesus is saying here, Father, would you keep my disciples in your name? 
Keep them in your name. Keep them in this identity that I've given them. And that's why he says next, he says, while I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I've guarded them and not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction that scripture might be fulfilled. He's talking about Judas, the guy that betrayed Jesus. And then he says, but now I'm coming to you. And this is important. He says, these things I speak in the world. Why? That they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Where did he speak these things? In the world. In the world. What's God's perspective on the world? I mean, Christians, we're not supposed to live worldly lives. You know, we want to avoid things that are bad for us, that are worldly. But we can't just avoid the world. What's God's perspective of the world? Well, Jesus, he came into the world and he spoke this message. Why did he do it? He did it so that his joy would be fulfilled in us. And I wonder, I wonder for you today, when you hear about Jesus, is your first emotional reaction, is it joy? Or is it some sort of condemnation, guilt, a to-do list? Oh, I should do that, I should do this, I should, I should. And Jesus, he, he came into the world and he gave this name to us, this family identity, not so that the world would just be, follow rules, but that the world would be ruled by his love and his grace. And I wonder if we experience that together. So we see God's perspective of the world. And God, he so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. That includes us. God's perspective of the world, he loves the world. We can't just avoid the world. He loves the world. So what about opting in and what about opting out? And this is, this is what he says to them. He says, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they're not of the world, just as I'm not of the world. And now imagine if you knew somebody that, that uh, every time you saw them, they would make a promise to you. And that promise that they made, they, they promised, hey, you know, if you do this, then I'll come through for you. I'll come through for you in that way. I, I promise. And every single time they made that promise, they broke it. And, and then they started to do this systematically, deliberately, all the time. Hey, if you get those toys, man, then you'll be happy. If you make that amount of money, man, then you'll be happy. I mean, if you can get your profile just right, if you can follow these shows, then if you can know this stuff, then you'll be happy. But a lot of us, we've lived life long enough to know that the promises that this world makes, it never says enough. It doesn't fill us up. And if you knew a person that made promises and systematically broke them all the time, how long would it take for you to wonder, does this person hate me? And Jesus is saying that this world has hated my followers because they're not of this world. And and this this is the really important part. This is what I really want you to get today, okay? This is what he says next. This is key. I do not ask, he's praying to the Father in heaven, I do not ask that you take them out of the world. Hey, this world that hates them, this world that makes promises, this world that, that, uh, that uh, isn't necessarily the environment that is conducive to their identity, don't take them out. Leave them in. I do not ask that you take them out of the world. I just want to clarify that, Father. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but 
that you keep them from the evil one. Do you see the distinction? Do you see the distinction? This is a really important nuance, and if you want to live a Christian life that's holy and set apart, we can't be set apart just by avoiding the world. We need to learn to be set apart while we're in the world. You ever heard of that phrase, in the world, but not of the world? You ever heard that before? My grandma used to say that, and my dad said it too. And, and, and this is where that passage actually comes from. And Jesus' prayer for us is that we would be located in the world, that we would opt into the world, that we wouldn't just play an avoidance game, but we would do it in God's name. That we would be in the world, but we would be in God's name. That might be something you want to write down, actually. Uh, Jesus prayed that we would be in the world, but in God's name. That we wouldn't just play the avoidance game. That we would opt in to something better. Because when you opt out of something that maybe isn't the best for you, it's, it's best to opt in on something that is better. And that's what Jesus prayed for us as his followers. So what I want to do with the, the time that's remaining, I want to get really practical with you guys. And I, I just want to talk about um, just some suggestions that as we look to opt out of uh, things in this technological world that we live in, this media world that we live in that maybe aren't the best for us, what are some next steps that we can take? If we're going to opt in, if we're not just going to play the avoidance game, if we're going to take the next step, what's some stuff that we can actually put feet to this and, and do it? And this isn't an exhaustive list, but here's three suggestions that, that I, I would put forth if we're going to opt in. First suggestion I would make is that we opt in on real relationships. Real relationships. And real relationships, uh, I mean, this is where uh, it's the, the easiest place to see the image of God is in a real relationship with another person. It's the easiest place to see the image of God. And, and it's so easy uh, these days when you have Facebook and you have Twitter, and it's so cool that, you know, you can get in touch with the person that you knew in second grade on Facebook. You know, that'd be a little creepy. I don't know. I, I probably wouldn't do that, the second grade buddy. But I uh, haven't talked to you in 40 years, but, uh, you know, I'm, here we are. So, but it's so neat that we can do that. But is that a real relationship? I mean, is it easy to have a relationship in 140 characters or less? I think that that gets to be really difficult. And I think a lot of us, we end up trading breadth. Oh, no, no, I'm saying this backwards. We, we end up trading depth for breadth. We end up trading depth for breadth of relationship. And, and so, I don't know, maybe your initial reaction is, oh, Nick wants us to get off social media. No, 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 no. I actually think we should opt into social media, but we need to do so wisely. This is what our world is doing. We're, we're social, we're online, and if we're going to enhance our real relationships, social media is a great way to do it. But make sure you're enhancing real relationships rather than replacing real relationships. We want to enhance real relationships rather than replace real relationships. I think of like Paul and Timothy, and Paul, uh, he, he wrote like a big chunk of the New Testament, right? And Timothy was his protege. So Paul's like Batman, and Timothy's like Robin, okay? That's the relationship we got going on. And Paul and Timothy, Paul, they exchanged some letters. Paul, we have some of those letters. They're in our scriptures. And, uh, and I'm sure that when Timothy got this letter, which was like the, the first century equivalent of a Facebook message, okay? Uh, I'm sure that that was really meaningful to him. But that wasn't the basis of their relationship. They had ministry experience. They experienced the trials and pains and, and celebrated together, and they had real-life relationships. And man, I, I, just, I just think a lot of us, we could benefit. We would seriously benefit from focusing in on opting in on real relationships. 
and using social media, opting in on social media to enhance them, not replace them. So that's the first one. That's the first thing that I would, I would suggest and I think a lot of us could benefit from is real relationships. The second one is to create space for silence. So I don't know about you, but for me, uh, I wake up in the morning to an alarm on my phone. And then um, we normally either turn on the news or put on some music or, or whatever it is. And, and then we get ready, and then the radio's on when we drive to work, and the radio's on while we're doing our work. And, and uh, maybe during lunch we get our, our Facebook out and we scroll through that a little bit. And then you have the radio on on the way home, and then when you get home you turn on the TV and you cook dinner, and then you watch TV while you're eating dinner, and then before you go to bed you turn the TV off, and you, some of us even sleep with the music on. And it's so easy with all the cool shows and all the cool uh, music to keep up with and how accessible it is and a gadget for every room in the house. It's so easy to fill our entire lives with screens and sounds. It's so easy just to fill it up. And I think that a lot of us, we could benefit from incorporating silence. Whether it's five minutes in the morning, probably after breakfast or after coffee, you'll fall asleep if you do it. Do it before. <laughs> At least I would. Uh, or five minutes before bed. Or maybe, maybe you take your Sabbath day and you say, okay, this is a no screens day. We're going to do faces today, just faces. And we're going to create that space. We're going to have that silence. And, and, and here, here's why I, I think that that's important. I was watching a movie uh, with, with my buddy. And uh, it was a really kind of a dramatic movie. And the dialogue was really serious. And this was like a really important key moment in the movie. And so we're watching in his apartment, and then they're about to say something critical, and all of a sudden his air conditioning goes on. And I'm like, we're missing this crucial dialogue in the movie. And, and of course, the movie just keeps playing, right? And I think that a lot of us, we have the air conditioning running so long that we don't even know what the movie's about anymore. And I, I think that God, I mean, sometimes he speaks through the noise. But a lot of times he speaks in a still, small voice. And creating that space for silence, that, that postures us to hear from God, to open our ears to heaven. And I wonder what would happen in our souls if we created that space. If we opted in on silence rather than just opting out of the radio or whatever media. So the first one is to opt into real relationships. The second is to opt into silence. And this one I want to stress above the rest. I think that this is so, so important. I think that it would be immensely helpful if we would all opt in on receiving God's word, on receiving God's word. You know what's so cool uh, is that I, I, know, I know a couple people in this church. I was actually just talking with them uh, before the first service this morning, and they said that, um, you know, there's this, there's these preachers that are like the best preachers in the country. And we love to just like when I'm go on a long commute, I listen to one of their messages on a podcast instead of listening to the radio and the songs that I hear over and over and over and over and over again every day. And it's just like, it's just good for my soul. That's what they were saying. And it's like, I, I love that. It's, you don't have to drive to Chicago to hear Bill Hybels preach. You don't have to drive to Georgia to hear Andy Stanley preach. There are, some of God's best communicators are preaching God's word, and it's right there on your iPad. It's right there on your iPhone. It's right there and accessible for us. And I wonder, I mean, while you're folding laundry, I wonder if while you're, 
while you're mowing the lawn or in the winter scooping the, scooping the driveway or whatever it is. What would happen in our souls if we took that time and instead of filling it with the same old radio or this, another show, if instead we took in and received God's words, I, want, I just wonder what would happen in our soul. How many of you have ever heard of the YouVersion Bible app? Go ahead and put your hands up. That's, that's a lot of us. A lot of us use that. Uh, if you don't know what the YouVersion Bible app is, I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, this is like, this is so cool. Okay, so YouVersion Bible app, this ain't your grandma's Bible, but grandma loves to use it. Okay, this Bible, there are so many different versions that are available. So if you're a King James person or a New Living Translation version, or maybe you don't speak English and it's not your original language, they have all sorts of different languages available. And uh, they even have all these awesome reading plans, really simple ones to help you get into the scriptures and kind of see, okay, what is God's word? Not just that one book that my pastor talked about one time I can see like across the whole thing. And they have even complex ones if if you want to spend a whole year reading through the Bible. Like, they have all this free stuff to help you receive God's word. I mean, it, it's, just, it's just amazing to me. If you don't want to read it, it'll read to you, okay? That's kind of fun. That's kind of cool. You can receive God's word that way. And, and I'm just trying to think, like, I mean, if 150 million people have downloaded this app, and they're using it every day when they go on the bus or when they're, uh, before they go to bed or, or wherever it is that they use it, before they get called into the doctor's office just sitting in the lobby, they just pull it right out of their pocket. I mean, my Bible, that don't fit in my pocket. But this thing, it fits right on your phone. And I, I'm just trying to think of the reason, any reason why someone, whether you're 12 or whether you're 112, why you wouldn't want to have this resource available to you. It's free. So you probably think, oh, well, there must be a lot of ads on that Bible. Zero ads. Zero ads. People that made this app, they want to help people receive God's word. And whether you're 12 or 112, I'm telling you, the YouVersion Bible app is just an essential part of opting in. And if you have kids, the Bible app for kids is just phenomenal. I might have spent a couple hours as an adult on the Bible app for kids. Okay, so the Bible app for kids, like I wish that I had this when, when I was young. And what, what I want to do is I'm going to read just a few of the reviews of this app. Like it, it's, when I read this, this, I just thought this was so cool. So Bob36575 says, the Bible app for kids, it's super easy to read and something our son is loving. So thankful for the Bible app for kids. It's great and there are questions and awards, so he's really great about reading. Even if your kids can't read, it reads to you. That's awesome. That's just cool. Technology is cool. And there's ways to opt in. Look at, look at what someone else said. They said, my daughter is an early reader. She loves to read the stories herself. Wouldn't that be awesome if your kids were engaging in God's word, opting into God's word themselves? Sometimes she'll let the app read the page while she looks for all the animations. This was kind of cool. I, was, uh, I did Genesis 1 and let there be light. You can touch the earth and the light comes on. It was awesome. It just was really cool. The result, she is getting saturated in these Bible stories. That's just amazing. Thanks for the creativity, the humor, and the accuracy for a child. Man, it's just important 
And if we're going to opt into something better, it's just important that, that we take advantage of these kinds of resources. And so this is my challenge for us today. This is my challenge. I want to challenge every single person in this room, before you leave the building today, there's free Wi-Fi. You can use the Wi-Fi here on the guest, guest Wi-Fi. I want you to download and sign up for the YouVersion Bible app. If that sounds like, oh man, you know, I'm more of an analog person, um, so I, I'm, that's not really my thing, I'm not really a techie person, I want to encourage you, we're just going to try it. This is for one week. And I want you to sign up for a week-long devotional plan. Not because you're going to commit to being a devotional plan person the rest of your life, but because we're going to do it as a church for a week. All of us. All of us together. I'm talking less than 10 verses a day, less than two minutes a day. It will even help you catch up if life gets busy. That's how awesome this free app is. And so I, would, I want to challenge you to download and sign up for this awesome resource. Do not miss out on this resource. Whether Whatever kind of smartphone that you have, if you have a tablet, or if you just have a computer at home, I want you to download the YouVersion Bible app and start an easy week-long devotional. You'll find directions for that on the green sheet, on the back of the green sheet. If you want help, I will help you set it up personally. I believe in this so much. Whether you're 12, whether you're 112, this is important. This is really important for you. And if you have kids, you've got to check out the Bible app for kids. It is fun. And Jesus is fun. I know a lot of people haven't experienced him that way. And, and that's not because of Jesus. That's because of some Christian. And, and there's, so, there's so many opportunities for us to experience the character and love of God through his word. And so I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you. Sign up for this. Check this out. Don't let this resource pass you by. Because we live in a technological age where we can opt in on these things. So whether, whether you're 12, whether you're 112, or whether you've got little kids, opt into this. This is good stuff. And, and this is what Jesus says. This is what he says right after he says that, I, I don't want you to take them out of the world. Just keep them from the evil one. This is what he says. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. So if you want to be set apart from the world, you, you can't just do the avoidance game. You can't just avoid the world. How do you, how do you live a holy life? How do you, how do you become sanctified? Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. It's so important that we receive God's word. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world, and for their sake I consecrate myself, that they also may be sanctified in the truth. So here's the deal. When God saw that humanity was disconnected from him, Jesus opted in. He opted into the manger. He opted into human flesh. He opted into disciples that had really messed up lives. He opted into forgiveness. He opted into love. He didn't have to. No one was in charge of him and told him that he had to. And he opts into the cross. And when he opted into the cross, he, he, he died on that cross, and God raised him from the dead. And when he was raised from the dead, that gives us the opportunity to opt in on a life with him. And I'm telling you, it's so much better. I'm so glad that we have this opportunity, not just to opt in on a life with him and be saved, but to opt in on a life that's lived, not just avoiding bad stuff, but opting in to stuff that's better. 
Because when we opt in and follow Jesus who didn't avoid the world, but he went into the world, when we follow him, that, that means that we need to opt in too. And when we opt in, we are participating in what God is doing to restore this world. And we can become the most loving and helpful and influential people in this world and sharing God's love with this world and opting in is a crucial part of that. We can't just play the avoidance game. We need to opt in. So that's my prayer for us as a community. I pray that we would opt in on something better, that we would opt in on real relationships that have real impact, that we would opt in on silence so that we can hear God's voice, that we would opt in on receiving God's word, that it would sanctify us and that we could participate in what God is up to in this world. And that's my prayer for us today. Would you stand with me? I want to say a blessing. Holy God, I just pray a blessing of courage and encouragement. I pray that you would give us the courage to take a step today, to move beyond the stuff that we've been avoiding because we know it's bad for us, and to opt into something that's better. I pray, Lord, that you give us the courage to opt in on real relationships. Draw those names to our mind now. I pray that you would help us to find the space for silence. I pray, Lord, that you would bless us through your word, that you would encourage all of us through the Holy Spirit to download this app and to listen to you, to experience you, not just to read words on a screen, but to get to know the God of this universe. Would you bless that in our lives? In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for being here. Have a great rest of your weekend.